Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Fistful Cash Podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin. And I'm flying solo yet again tonight, uh, but that is strictly because it's just been a hellacious week as far as travel goes, and those of you that follow us on Instagram saw the post earlier in the day uh, about us having issues with travel and being able to record and set up and find a decent internet connection and everything else. Uh, so we're doing this late uh, Friday evening, and the hope is that you have not lost faith in us and you will use these picks uh, on the upcoming UFC on ESPN Plus card. Uh, we usually try to get these out Friday mornings. I know it's a shock. We've missed Tuesday uh, episodes here and there with holidays and stuff like that, but we've never missed a Friday show. So in the spirit of keeping with that, we're going to go ahead and knock out another Friday one. It's a little bit later. Didn't want to throw you guys off. Hopefully you follow us on Instagram. If you don't, this is more motivation to go do so at Fistful of Cash Podcast, so that way you get these up-to-date little pieces of information and things of that nature, so that way you're not sitting there wondering what in the heck happened. But without further ado, let's break down this UFC on ESPN. This is an historic card, Uh, first first one on ESPN, and it's got a a doozy of a main event in TJ Dillashaw taking on Henry Cejudo. We are going to start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. I'm going to give you guys a pick for every fight. Um, and if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, if you go to our Instagram page, again, uh, come t- tomorrow night before the event starts, we'll post a picture with all of our picks on there as well. So that's the way we're going to do that. All right, let's start with the first fight on the card. Chance Recontour versus Kyle Stewart. Kyle Stewart coming in late replacement. Uh, however, he's coming in as a favorite. Uh, last second opponent change for Rencontour and Kyle Stewart's coming in and he's at a minus 170. I do not know enough about either one of these gentlemen. I'm going to lean with the odds makers here, uh, and say that, you know, maybe Kyle Stewart, but chance, uh, Rencontour has been training for this fight on this night for a while now. So he's got a full camp. I don't know what kind of shape Kyle Stewart's coming in, uh, I would just lean towards the odds makers on this one at the minus 170. Next, you got Jeff Neal versus Bilal Muhammad. Now, Jeff Neal is coming off uh, a performance uh, that really sort of, sort of, I guess you would say, shine a light on his development and skill uh, coming off a fight against a very tough, very gritty Frank Camacho. Uh, and he looked fantastic in that fight. That being said, they're giving him a big test here in Bilal Muhammad. And I think Bilal Muhammad is coming in at an underdog, which uh, if he is, let me look at this real quick. He is. He's coming in at plus 150. I'm going to, you know, Muhammad finds ways to win. Uh, Jeff Jeffrey Neal showed a great skill set. 
against Frank Camacho, but Camacho is not Bilal Muhammad. And at plus 150, I think there's some real value here. This will be a test to see whether or not Jeff Neal is, in fact, uh, the real deal. You know, Bilal Muhammad's a seasoned veteran. He's been in the UFC for a while. He's had some big ups and a couple big downs. Uh, but he's on the. I, I feel like he's on the comeback spot. Plus one fifty is good value on him. I'm going to go ahead and throw uh, some money towards Bilal Muhammad on this one. Dennis Bermudez versus T. Edwards. Now this is the fight of all the fights on the card that's got me the most confused. Outside of the uh, Cowboy Cerrone Alex, Alex Hernandez fight, Dennis Bermudez. You know, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, there was some making the argument that he was getting overshadowed for a title shot in the featherweight division. The guy rattled off eight wins uh, in a row and then has just alternated wins and losses since then. Um, he seems to have be having a little bit tougher of a time uh, in both being finished and getting finishes lately. Uh, T. Edwards is coming in at a minus 130 favorite. He's got knockout power, and I think that's where that minus 130 is coming in. He just has not faced the caliber of competition that Dennis Bermudez has. And I feel like just based off of strength of schedule, I think Dennis Bermudez should win this fight. However, a loss here uh, for Bermudez would would essentially seal the deal on him ever being able to get a UFC title shot. I think it would just be absolutely career destroying for him if he gets beat uh, in this. He's just—he's not going to see any sort of featherweight action uh, on a main card for a long time, let alone get a title shot if he loses this fight. This is the fight he is supposed to win, uh, and this will be a good test to see whether or not he has what it takes to hang out uh, in the upper end of the the uh, division because he should handle a newcomer like this. Uh, Bermudez is coming in at plus 110. I'm going to lean Bermudez on this fight. Uh, he should win this fight. It's a fight that he should win unless he is on the decline. Mario Batista versus Corey Sandhagen. Batista is a super late replacement. Uh, Sandhagen is a super heavy favorite here. There's not much money. There's not many opportunities to be had here. Sandhagen's at a minus 540. The over-under is at a round and a half. Um... I don't know anything about this Batista kid, and he's coming in last second. Uh, I maybe a stab at the under a round and a half, but that's that's it. I wouldn't take anything more than that. Then um, there's no money to be made on Sanhagen at minus five forty. Batista's a plus three ninety five. I just don't know enough about him to say risk any sort of money on that. Maybe a half unit stab if you're feeling froggy, but I I don't know if I'd even do that. I'm just going to lean uh, Sanhagen, but I would just avoid this fight. Alonzo Menafield versus Vinicius Moreira. Um, you know, I'm torn about this fight a little bit. I know I said I wasn't, but I think Moreira has a way better chance at plus 225 than, you know, the odds makers are giving him. Uh, Menafield's coming in minus 275. And that's... That, <sighs> You know, both of these guys have the ability to finish fights, and the over-under is on a round and a half. I feel like this is probably going to go under a round and a half, so I'm willing to lean on the under a round and a half for this fight. Next you ha- next up, we've got um, jo- uh, Joanne Calderwood versus Arion Lipsky. 
Now, we've said before in the past, you know, we don't bet on women's fights. They're just too unpredictable. Uh, with the odds on this fight, though, you got Calderwood's coming out at a significant underdog. She's plus 160. I would say, like, uh, she's got, she has the ability to, uh, I guess you would say, sneak out victories. Um, and she ekes them out pretty regularly and she does so by finish and then Lipsky is a is a very accomplished striker and has knockout power. I think the play here if you're going to play it would be the under two and a half and that's coming in at plus 160. I could see there being a choke uh, from Calderwood or a stoppage from Lipsky in this fight. I you know maybe lean Calderwood but I'm a stronger lean towards the under two and a half. I feel like that might be the play there. All right, next up is the fight that I think is probably the most polarizing on this card. Uh, you got Cowboy Cerrone taking on Alex Hernandez, and Hernandez has looked very good in the two fights that he's had in the UFC. Um, he came out and bum rushed Benil Dariush and took him out, you know, took him out, handled business, and then he uh, looked very good and dominant against uh, Olivier Aubon Mercier, which is which is saying a lot because uh, Aubon Mercier is a tough out for anybody, and he looked really good. Uh, Cerrone says that he's rededicated, he's repositioned, he's refocused. He wants one more shot at the lightweight belt before he rides off into the sunset, and Hernandez thinks that he's going to come in and catapult himself off of uh, Cowboy's name and into title contention. I think he has a real shot of doing that. Um, my my reservation in this has come in the fact that Cowboy Cerrone has already beaten a version of Alex Hernandez in Rick Story. Um, if you look at the both the body build, makeup, and fight style of Rick Story and Alex Hernandez, they are carbon copies of one another. And we all know the highlight reel combination that was the knockout of Rick Story. If Cowboy can avoid the early rush, avoid the body kicks, and not get wrestle death, I think he can win this fight. Now, he's coming in at an underdog, which is weird. Um, He's at plus 160. I think that Hernandez is probably going to win this fight. Uh, I'm going to lean Cerrone just because, again, strength of schedule, amount of fights, uh, and just, you know, it might be too much too soon for Alexander Hernandez. Um, you know, he's talking a lot of stuff. He's saying he's going to murk cowboy. And, you know, if you watch, if you watch the press conference, they got real heated with each other. Um, Cerrone typically, you know, he's real 50, 50 when he gets angry, you know, it, it turns into a situation where if he's super angry, you can frustrate him and get in his head and he shuts it down. Or you can frustrate him and make him angry. And then you get a miles jury style, fight or a Mike Perry style fight where he's out there trying to snatch limbs, break legs and do everything else. I think that, uh, Cerrone, you know, I'm hoping he's the right kind of motivated here coming in at plus plus one sixty, a guy that's got 40 plus fights under the Zufa, uh, banner. I feel like that's worth a stab. I feel like he's, he's earned the respect of the, of the wager. Uh, you know what? No, no, I'm not leaning. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put it, uh, a unit on Cerrone. I've, I've talked myself into it. Um, next, we got Carl Roberson versus Glover Teixeira. I like this fight a lot. Um, I think Teixeira is on the fringe of, of, of irrelevancy 
as far as title contention goes in the light heavyweight division. Uh, Carl Robeson, however, is on the up and up, and he's at a plus 100. If he can avoid Teixeira's boxing and look crisp and use his movement and start chopping up Teixeira's legs with kicks, I think he can win this fight. Plus 100, underdog. I'm throwing a unit on Carl Roberson here. Rachel Ostovich versus Paige Van Zant. Um, this is going to be an entertaining fight. It'll be an entertaining fight because, one, it'll be competitive, and two, for the other obvious reasons. Uh, it will be an entertaining fight. And I would just avoid wagering on this one and just enjoy the fight. Let's go with that. Just enjoy the fight. Um, leaning Ostovich uh, at a plus 135, just leaning towards her. Van Zant has struggled with wrestles, wrestlers in the past, and Ostovich is a good wrestler. Uh, Van Zant has the striking advantage for sure. But she's also, she's got that she's got that married life going on now, and there's a thing about, um, you know, fighters that have kids, uh, fighters that are newlyweds, they usually end up dropping a fight or two after that happens because you're just so damn happy and everything just seems to be going so good that that hunger um, seems to just dissipate a little bit. Uh, don't like betting on fighters that just recently had kids. Don't like betting on fighters that just recently got married. Paige Van Zant has been gone for a long time. She left her gym. She's not at Team Alpha Male anymore. It looks like she's training primarily with her husband. I just don't necessarily know if that's what it takes to be the upper echelon of the strawweight uh, division. And realistically, both of these women are probably fighting for gatekeeper status. Uh, Ostovich has the worst record, but like I said, she's really good on the ground. Um, and Van Zant is a, it's a, it's a wrestler versus striker matchup. So this is boiling down to, and I think that Ostovich should get a little bit more of a push. Um, we'll see what happens here. Plus 135. It's worth a lean in her direction, but I'm, I, like I said, not betting on women's fights. So just go ahead and avoid that one. Joseph Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz. This is a good fight. Last time they fought, uh, Joseph Benavidez won, and they have both looked fantastic since that fight, uh, with Ortiz only dropping two fights in the last four years and uh, Benavidez only losing once. For the longest time, I thought, you know, the great, the, the best flyweight in the world not named Demetrius Johnson was Dennis Bermudez, or not Dennis Bermudez, I'm sorry, Joseph Benavidez. Then Henry Cejudo came along. Um, I would love to see Benavidez win this fight and then him challenge Cejudo for the belt. But we'll see what happens with this. I'm not overly uh, sure what's going to happen with this fight. Uh, Dustin Ortiz is coming in at a plus 185. Uh, you know, like I said, Benavidez already has the mental win of having beaten him before, and that plays a big factor in, in, in a fighter's mind. Now, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, Ortiz has one punch knockout power. Benavidez has like two punch knockout power. Uh, I'm going to lean Ortiz here, but I think Benavidez wins this fight. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of underdogs here. Like, th these are very well-made fights, um, and they're very evenly matched. So there's a lot of guys coming in as underdogs where, realistically, if there was more money being played on it, it'd be closer to a pick -em than anything else. And this is one of those fights where it should probably be a little bit closer to a pick -em. I'm just going to pass on it. I don't have a lean one way or the other. I feel like Benavidez is going to win it. I, I, 
but there's he's he's a minus two twenty five. There's no money to be made there. Ortiz has a good shot, maybe a lean towards him, but I wouldn't blame you for just passing on this one. Flyweights are tough. Next, we got <clears throat> the soon to be uh, lightweight champ, or I think, in my opinion, the one guy that has the ability to give Khabib trouble uh, in Gregor Gillespie. He's taking on Yancey Medeiros. Uh, Gregor is the real deal. He's got everything it takes to be a champion. Uh, from his mindset to his skill set, the guy is the absolute complete package. Uh, this should be a long night, or rather short night, for Yancey Medeiros. Um, Medeiros has struggled gas tank in the past, but he is a good, he's a brawler. There's no doubt about that, and he has a puncher's chance. Uh, but he he should not be able to withstand the pace that Gillespie's going to put on him, and the fact that. You know, Gillespie's not fighting top ten guys right now. It's frustrating, but it's coming, um, and it's going to be a it's going to be the real deal when it gets here. And I think that you know, looking at what comes next for him after this, I don't know where you put him in the one fifty five hunt. Uh, he's j- he's you know he's he's thirty two. Um, he's getting up there. If he's going to make a push, this is the time to do it. You know, the guy's twelve and zero. But if you look at who he's fought in the UFC, you know, Glaco Franca, Andrew Holbrook, Jason Gonzalez, Jordan Rinaldi, Vince Pichel, and now Yancey Medeiros. He's fighting guys that are all in the same cluster. They're all in that group of, like, if you're looking at lightweights, the guys that are in, like, the 30, I would say, like, if, if you were to rank him out that high, like the 27 to 38 range is where he's fighting guys. And he needs to be facing top 15 guys. Um, he needs to be facing top 10 guys. You have to get a realistic metric on how good this guy is, what his ceiling is, by putting him up against quality competition. Now, maybe it's because nobody wants to fight him, and for that I wouldn't blame them because he's an absolute animal. But I really think that the play needs to be, if you're his management team, you need to be pushing for top 10 guys. There's a ton of guys in lightweight. Uh, you know, Start pushing for top 10 matchups. There's a couple guys that are out there. Again, I don't know if you can get anybody to take a fight with him, but you definitely need to start trying to push. And if you're the UFC, this is a good guy to push behind. He's not hideous. Um, you know, he's got a good personality. He's well spoken. He seems to be very intelligent. Um, you know, he's got a clean record. I, it definitely seems like the guy that you could get behind. So I don't know why or what the delay is in the push, but hopefully after this performance on ESPN, it'll be a good showcase for him. Like go out there, put on a show against Yancey Medeiros, and then get that get that push. Um, he's coming in as, as a huge favorite, um, currently sitting at minus 520. You know, over-under is at a round and a half. Uh, I would just, just avoid this fight altogether. Co-main event, you've got Greg Hardy versus... Um, <clears throat> Sorry, you've got Greg Hardy taking on Alan Crowder. I don't know enough about Alan Crowder. I've watched Greg Hardy's fights uh, just basically because I, I hope he loses every time he fights. Um, we made a post on the Instagram page. We're going to be making a play on Alan Crowder here, even though he's at plus 395 and is probably going to lose this this fight. Going to make a play on this, and if he wins, going to take the winnings from the play and then Venmo it to him or Cash App to him if I can get him uh, if we can get him on the show, go ahead and send him the winnings. Uh, Greg Hardy is 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 not a a good person. Um, I don't have anything nice to say about him, so I'm not going to. 
uh, give him any more airtime than the fact that he should probably win this fight. But if Alan Crowder pulls out the upset at plus 395, I'll be sending him all the winnings from uh, the bet we make on him. Over-unders at a round and a half. Over one and a half is coming in at plus 245, which might not be a bad idea. Greg Hardy is going to blitz him immediately, and he's going to try to put a pace on him. In the event that Alan Crowder can survive the first round, he's got a real shot in the second and the third because Greg Hardy's going to blow his wad uh, here in the first round. Uh, under a round and a half is coming in at minus 305. You know, you can maybe make a stab on Crowder. You know, it's heavyweights. Two heavy guys throwing heavy hands. You never know what can happen. Um, and over a round and a half at plus 245. It's enticing, but it's it, it's a trap. Avoid that. I don't think it's going to hit. And if it does, well, I'll stand corrected. All right, main event, Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw. If TJ Dillashaw can make the weight, he wins the fight. And guess what? He made the weight. Um, I, think, I think the play is Dillashaw. Um here just based you know there's not a lot of people in recent memory that have looked better than tj dillashaw he has evolved in a as a fighter you know uh in ways that you did you wouldn't think possible and he learns from every mistake that he makes the only person that's even comparable to that is henry cejudo um it's hard to go against an olympian it really is it's really hard to go against an olympian that won a gold medal um but they're not wrestling and unless cejudo comes out there and uses his olympic wrestling to wrestle and control T.J. Dillashaw for five rounds. I don't think he's going to win this fight. Um, I don't know what the play is here as far as who's going to win. I do like the over-under on rounds, though, coming in at four and a half. I like the under four and a half. T.J. Dillashaw has shown a propensity to finish fights lately, and Cejudo seems to have some bad blood in him. Um, four and a half you know, rounds, that's a long time. I mean, we're talking about guys fighting for 22 and a half minutes and nobody getting finished. Uh, and both these guys have high finish rates. So let's go with the play being the under four and a half. Uh, leaning on Dillashaw to win. Wouldn't be surprised at a Cejudo upset, but under four and a half uh, would be the play on that one. That's what I'll be playing. All right, guys, that does it for our picks for UFC on ESPN1. If you are interested in getting our NFL picks for this weekend, we are going to make those Patreon only. Go to patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Fistful's got one L because we spell it right. Fistful of cash. Uh, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Encourage you guys, go on there, sign up, become a patron, support the show, support what we're doing. If you like the content, you've gotten anything out of it, you know, whether you're in it for the free picks or you're just in it for the debate or just the dialogue or something to listen to, I don't know, maybe my voice puts the baby to sleep, whatever it is that you use the podcast for, if you enjoy our content, you consume it and you want to support it and keep it going, uh, you know, not to sound like, you know, church, but would love it if you guys would go to Patreon. You know, there's other membership options there available. You know, we do have the one, it's just $10 a month. You get five additional picks each and every weekend. So that's 20 picks over the course of the month at 10 bucks. That's 50 cents a pick. It's really hard to beat. Nobody else does that. <clears throat> but if that's not it and that's not your speed and you just want to get on there and say, hey, you know, just appreciate the content, appreciate enjoying you guys or whatever, you know, you can make a donation to the show of any amount. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be reoccurring. It can be a one-time donation. You want to go on there, you think the show's worth 50 cents, throw 50 cents at it. You think it's worth more, throw more. Or if you don't want to, that's fine too. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep making the show. Uh, follow us on social media. You know, Get on Instagram. That's where we're the most active. We do, we're do. we on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But we don't use those as, as often. 
Uh, Instagram seems to be a better median, one, to interact with you guys, and two, to interact with with just about the entire community. So if you would, you know, follow us on there, Fistful of Cash Podcast on Instagram, at uh, Fistful C on Twitter, and then Tuesdays, the Tuesday shows, we're moving those over, like we said, to that new uh, dialogue debate style. So if you have any suggestions, any any topics, any scores you want settled between you and your buddies or just something you've always wondered, anything at all, um, you know, sports or otherwise, preferably sports, but we'll take anything. Fistful of Cash Pod, Fistful of Cash P-O-D at gmail.com. Go ahead and send them that way. And, uh, you know, if you send something in that via email there or Instagram or whatever it is, uh, it will get featured on the show. We will use it. Everything is going to just, we're, we're compiling a list and we're just working our way through the list as the suggestions come in. You guys have been great so far in that. So continue to do so, please. And lastly, guys, if you have not left a review on iTunes, please do so. Go to iTunes, look us up, click those stars, and then leave a written review. That helps a lot with the metrics with iTunes. It helps a lot in our rankings, and it helps us get seen by other people. So when people go on there, they start looking for sports podcasts to listen to, something new, something fresh. The more reviews we have, the better off we are. The the more it puts us in that limelight um, where people can see what we're doing. We've got a new partnership we're getting ready to announce next week, so that'll be cool. Uh, and in the interim, guys, you know, take advantage of our offer with Saving Grace CBD oil. That's still going active. Cash 15 will get you 15% off your entire order at savinggraceoil.com. That stuff really does work wonders. Um, big fan of Jack and what they're doing there. Uh, outside of that, guys, that's really it. You know, we do appreciate the iTunes reviews. We do appreciate you guys that take advantage of the sponsor offers. All of those things help us out tremendously. They help the show out, and we appreciate the far-reaching range of the show. Uh, I, you know, I try to do it when I can remember to, and I do like to give shout-outs to, you know, the various cities and, and countries that support the show, and we have a lot of those. Um, it, it still amazes me how how something like this is international. Um, it just it's absolutely wild. So. From the Tuesday show, uh, top countries, obviously the United States, then the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, Ireland, and Germany. Top cities, the Bronx, New York, Honolulu, Hawaii, Las Vegas, Spring, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Miami, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, and Beaverton, Oregon. Appreciate all you guys very much. Thank you so much for supporting the show. It really means a lot to us. And, uh, you know, like I said, like, subscribe, share with a friend. If you know anybody that you think they might like the show, whether they bet or not, uh, just go ahead and, you know, share the show. And I really appreciate that. All right. Until Tuesday, guys, we'll be back with a new episode of the Tuesday show. Good luck, everybody, on this weekend. Patreon subscribers, check your emails uh, starting first thing tomorrow. The, the picks will be start coming in there. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, go ahead and get on that. Patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Thanks, guys.